Money FM 89.3. Best of the evening runway. Market View on Money FM 89.3. That's right, you're listening to Money FM 89.3 and it's now time for Market View where we take a look at how the Singapore stock market is likely to close for the day, the biggest movers, sectors and companies to watch. But as always, a quick recap of how we started. Well, Singapore shares fell today after Wall Street and Europe closed lower the week before amid concerns over prolonged elevated global interest rates. Now, an early trade Straits Times index dropped 0.2% to 3,199 points after some 35 million securities changed hands in the broader market. Now, while the closing numbers are still firming up, let us take a look at what we have right now. The benchmark STI currently up 0.42%. We're looking at 3,218 points. In terms of value turnover, that's 682 million sing dollars. Now, gainers trailed losers 252 versus 277. Top advances for the day, we have Jardin, Cycle and Carriage, Creative and UOB. And top decliners for the day, we have New Incorporation USD, GMH USD and Venture Core. Now, in terms of companies to watch for today, we do have Fraser's Centerpoint Trust because its trustee have agreed to divest some 143 million units in Malaysia's hectare REIT. Now, meanwhile, from more on Sheng Siong to Singapore's headline inflation and to China's property stocks slumping ahead of the Golden Week holiday, more local and regional headlines in focus. David Kuo, co-founder of The Smart Investor, joins me on the line. Mr. Kuo, welcome. Good evening, Ken Ken. How are you? And how is Elliot? Uh, both good, both good. Very fine. You're both good. Thank you, sir. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not. Chelsea lost 1-0 to Aston Villa. Knew it. You I knew that? there must be some football match yeah, going on. You cannot on. help yourself, no, David. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, we just couldn't pick ourselves up. You know, unlike <laughs> investors that should need to always pick themselves up, you know, when they are down. Okay, okay. I, I wish you more silverware, okay, in, the, in, the, in Chelsea's uh, Thank cupboard. Thank you so much. Yes, I look forward to it. I look forward to it. Okay. Let's start with the Singapore stock market, though. Uh, how has the STI Fed so far? How is it expected to close today? Any surprises uh, or any uh, companies that's noteworthy, say, a Fraser Centerpoint Trust? Well, okay, I tell you what, Ken, it looks pretty, pretty much as though it's the banks that is propping up the STI today. Yeah. So I think we're going, to, we're going to close where we are at the moment, roughly around sort of uh, half a percent up. And that is primarily because I think the uh, Wall Street is also indicating to be opening higher today. So I think we're just following the lead there. And I think also, as far as the banks are concerned, uh, some people are very concerned about uh, the higher for longer interest rates. But the banks aren't too concerned about higher for longer because it means that they can make money uh, mm. more for longer. So uh, we saw the three big banks up there, OCBC, UOB and DBS. And I think that could be the theme for uh, the rest of this year, quite frankly, Jen Jen. Mm. Can I follow up a little bit more on Fraser Centerpoint Trust mm. divesting uh, in Malaysia's hectare REIT? How significant is this, though? Well, I, I own shares in both uh, Fraser Centerpoint Trust and also mm. hectare REIT over in Malaysia. So. Yeah. Uh, I think this is a story that's been running for a while because mm. uh, everybody uh, has been talking about when will Fraser Centre Point Trust divest its uh, its interest in Hector Reed, and uh, it finally happened. So it's going to be selling a big chunk of its shares. I think it's going to retain about two percent holding yeah. in Hector Reed, and then eventually they're going to get rid of that uh, that amount too. So uh, Fraser Centre Point Trust will have no interest whatsoever in Hector Reed. I think probably by the end of this year. But as far as Fraser said, the point trust is concerned, what we've actually noticed is that it's been trying to pay down some of its debt. So 
um, uh, as far as its uh, leverage yeah. is concerned, it's been creeping down from about sort of 38, 40% down to about 32%. And maybe it is preparing for the fact that interest rates happen and remain higher for longer. And it doesn't really want to be holding on to a lot of debt. Uh, that it needs to uh, renew at a higher for longer uh, interest rate period. So uh, yeah. I, I think, you know, this is quite prudent yep. from Fraser Centre for Trust. Mm. And from REITs, uh, Mr. Ko, let's talk about a segment of the retail market that you're watching out also, and that is the supermarket side of things, right, Mr. Ko? Xingxiong has signed a lease agreement to open a new store in Kunming, China, and that's expected to be operational before the second quarter of next year. Now, DFI Retail Group, who I spoke to earlier on Under the Radar, they said they're opening three new stores in Singapore. Now, why are supermarkets expanding right now in time of inflation? Aren't consumers tightening their belts? Well, uh, don't we have to eat, Ken Ken? I'm, I'm sure you know you and I still have to go shopping, even if there is an uh, um, uh, economic downturn or economic slowdown or high inflation, we still have to go out and buy food. And maybe this is an opportunity for some of the supermarkets because, mm. as you quite rightly said, uh, consumers, households are tightening their belts, which could possibly mean that some of the shops that, uh, well, the uh, the shop frontages that uh, DFI might have been interested in, in the past were not available because the shops were doing so well. But uh, as uh, people start to tighten their belts, then maybe uh, mm. some of those retail outlets may say we're going to relinquish our leases now. And um, that gives an opportunity for supermarkets. And the other thing about supermarkets is that their revenues are pretty predictable. Yes, there, mm. there, there may be a slowdown, but nevertheless, their revenues, unless something horrible happens, uh, their revenues are going to be very predictable. And if they open another shop, it just mm. means that uh, they're going to be able to capture more of the market share, which is probably why... Uh, Dairy Farm International, or DSI, mm. is doing what it's doing here in Singapore, and Shenzhen is doing what it wants to do over in China. Mm. And speaking of inflation, uh, Mr. Ko, Singapore's headline and core inflation both continued to fall in August as expected. The headline figure is down to 4% year-on-year from July's 4.1%. How would you read into this? I tell you what, I shouldn't. I, we shouldn't really be breaking out the uh, cigars just yet, you know, because well, mm. for those people who don't smoke, we shouldn't be breaking out the champagne. And for those people who don't drink or smoke, we shouldn't really be, be, be cheering uh, just yet because from what I understand, uh, food prices are on the increase in the mo- at the moment. So mm. uh, this month, yes, it is a bit of a respite. Uh, food inflation is coming down. Uh, well, not rising as quickly, I should say. Uh, what is coming down is food, uh, clothing and shoes are coming down slightly. So, I mean, that is uh, affecting the headline rate. But I think the underlying rate, still expected to be uh, relatively Hmm. strong as far as inflation is concerned, simply because food prices are going to be going back up again. And uh, this is is something that I find quite worrying. Hmm. And let's take a look at some regional news, Mr. Kuo. Seems a little bit worrying here as well because Chinese property stocks tumbled the most in nine months, of course driven by concerns about a possible Evergrande liquidation. Any of a surprise to you, though? None whatsoever, Ken. Yeah. Uh, Evergrande is having a lot of problems uh, with regards to its debts, and it was hoping that some of its uh, bondholders, its creditors, uh, would be prepared to renew those debts, you know, for a longer period. In other words, uh, swap the, uh, the, the the current bonds that they have uh, for something that may may not need to be repaid for another 10 or 12 years. And it sounds pretty much as though creditors are not giving Evergrande uh, the benefit of the doubt. And also, if you have a look at uh, the number of empty properties in uh, in China at the moment, 
they're saying that it seems very unlikely that uh, those properties are going to be absorbed by the existing households. Mm. So what was happening is that you have lots of empty buildings. Nobody wants to actually buy those units. And then you've got Evergrande that's got uh, a debt problem and it is one that it cannot find a solution for because nobody wants to lend it any money. So maybe liquidation is the only hope unless a white light appears from somewhere, say mm. the Chinese government, which will appear from uh, the horizon and save Evergrande. But otherwise, I should think... Um, uh, it's curtains for that company very shortly. Mm, and a quick one before we let you go, uh, Mr. Kuo, looking at what's happening with Amazon, it said it would invest up to what four billion US dollars in cash in the high-profile startup Anthropic, which I believe is also Google-backed, an effort to compete with growing cloud rivals on AI. How would you read into this? I, I think it is. I think what has happened with Amazon is that it's found itself, you know, as number three at the moment. And in the, the pole position appears to be Microsoft, uh, followed by Google, mm. and then Amazon is number three. And Amazon doesn't really like to be number three. So what it's actually doing is it's investing in an AI company. At first, it's going to be putting in about sort of uh, one and a quarter billion uh, with the option of increasing that by another uh, two and three quarter billion at some later stage, taking the total investment to about four billion. But it just goes to show how much interest there is in artificial intelligence or AI, and um, uh, these companies are saying that they need to invest in order to compete with the best. Thanks a lot, Mr. Cole. That was David Cole, co-founder of The Smart Investor. Thank you very much for joining us on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.